This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see you today. The Lord bless you. Your guests, we welcome you. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're here. And then to everybody who needs a Bible, once you get your hand up real high and our ushers would get you the Word of God in your hand, once you got a Bible, go with me to the book of John chapter 12 is where we'll begin this morning. And so we're on this day called Palm Sunday. And so what we're going to try to do is explain biblically what this day is all about. So as you're turning to John 12... Let me just start here that in the book of Zechariah, Zechariah 9.9, the prophet Zechariah, he spoke this years before. Actually, most believe he spoke this at least 400 years before the fulfillment. And he was speaking and he was looking to the future and he said, your king, your Messiah will come to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And so he then said that we were to rejoice, we were to shout, we were to raise the roof and just celebrate. So again, we're going we're gonna to show you just biblically the, the reason we celebrate this day called Palm Sunday. John chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. So six days before the Passover. Passover would start on a Friday at sunset, but it would really go all through the day on Saturday so most believe six days before uh, the resurrection, or six days before Passover, I should say, most believe this is Sunday. This, this is a Sunday morning, what has taken place. So when you hear the word Passover, that was the, the Jews' way of celebrating that when the spirit of death came through Egypt, all of them's home that was marked by the blood of the lamb, they would be spared. So this is why they're, they're celebrating the Passover. Same chapter, verse 12. The next day, which would be Monday, a great multitude that had come to the feast. Now, I'm going to highlight here the, the great multitude because it will come into play later on this morning. But this day in Jerusalem... This great multitude of people was coming to the feast of Passover. And I, I don't think we fully understand. When, when the Jews would have these feasts and they would come into Jerusalem like three times a year, I'm telling you, they, they were passionate. It, it was a time of celebration. It was a time of, of excitement, but also the feast of pra, uh, Passover. It was practical, it was spiritual, and it was also prophetic would what begin to take place. So when we see here, it said, great crowds came. So what's so significant about this thing called the Feast of Passover? Well, just to highlight just a little bit, if you wanted to study this, you would go to the book of Exodus chapter 12. And that's where the scriptures reveal and said that every household, and I want to highlight every was to take a lamb, a male, that was without spot or blemish. And about three that afternoon, they were to slaughter it. And then they were to take part of the lamb, and they were to eat it. And then they would take the blood of the lamb, 
and they would mark their door, their doorpost and their lentils with that blood of the lamb. Now, the eating of the lamb was a foreshadow of the broken body of Jesus. And the blood of the lamb that they would put on their doorposts and their little was a foreshadow right here of the story of our redemption. Now, every bit of this points to the Lord Jesus. And so, again, they were to mark their homes and their lives by the blood. In other words, there had to be a distinguishing mark of the blood of the, of the lamb on those doorposts. And so when the spirit of death or the angel of death would come in, he would go over every house. He would pass over every house that was marked by the blood of the lamb. So let me highlight this just a little bit for you. It didn't matter what your last name was. It didn't matter where you were born. It didn't matter one title of yours. It didn't matter your portfolio. It didn't matter your bank account. On that night, the only thing that would matter is your house marked by the blood of the Lamb. This is what Passover represented. And so again, we all see the, the foreshadow that it was all pointing to Jesus. And so literally the Bible says the Lord's Supper, the communion elements, is our Passover remembrance. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he said, Christ is our Passover lamb. In other words, Jesus is the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. So picture again, the multitudes are coming in to celebrate this feast of Passover. It goes on to say, and when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, now up to this time, this feast was, was about a day. It was about just this, this time of the year which everybody knew would fall on the calendar year of March and April. But this year, this feast would not just be about a day. It was now about a person. So now we begin to see the fulfillment of, of Zechariah's prophecy that begins to come to pass right here. So it says, when they heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him. So when you see here, they, they took the palm branch. This palm branch was a symbol of victory. And when they brought these palm branches out, I mean, they would wave. They would get passionate about it. And so, yes, the palm branch is a symbol of victory, but also, if you were to ever study the, the palm tree itself, the palm tree has incredible root system. It goes way, way in the ground to make sure the stability of the palm tree, but also it's a spiritual significance to me and you that our spiritual heritage, our spiritual roots, they're deep. They go way, way, way back. So, here they're all coming in to Jerusalem. They get the palm branches and they went out to meet him. And not only they go out to meet him, they're crying out. They're shouting. It's not quiet, okay? It is very, very loud. And it says, Hosanna. Hosanna is the Hebrew word which means save now. 
So when they're saying Hosanna, they're actually praying, save now, Father God, save now. So it goes on to say Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So right here, all these Jews that are descending upon Jerusalem, they identify as Jesus as the Messiah. And this is huge. Keep reading here. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, that is, is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. So right now, right there, when this took place, this was the fulfillment of a 400-year-old prophecy that Zechariah made. And so why I highlight this is because it fulfills Scripture. The Bible is the authoritative word of God. And the reason I highlight this is because this took place exactly as the Bible said it was. So I say this, you can trust the Bible, okay? You can live your life off the Bible. And we live in a society right now that many people will say, I don't believe there's absolute truth. I do believe there's absolute truth. And it's called the B-I-B-L-E. And so just as this prophecy fulfilled, all the prophecies of the Bible, they're, they're coming to pass or they've already come to pass. You can go to the bank on it. When, when the Bible starts talking, you can base your life upon this. Now, when we read verse 13, and we've already read it, they took the palm branches. Actually, this has what we call a cross-reference in the Bible. It takes us to the 118th Psalm. So go with me to Psalm 118. And as we go to Psalm 118, this will begin to give us understanding of this day called Palm Sunday. Not only for now, but I tell you, even in the future, stuff's going to jump out of us. So I believe this, this passage here, Psalm 118, will give us a biblical understanding. So once you get there, we'll start here in verse 21. Psalm 118, verse 21. For I will praise you. I will thank you. Why? For you have answered me. You, you have heard me. You have responded to me. Now listen to this. And you have become my salvation. You've given my life purpose. You've become my victory. Verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected. Now you can find this over and over in the New Testament. And we're going to go to another passage in this. But when the Bible says here's the stone which the builders rejected, this passage right here, the psalmist uses a, a building metaphor to teach us a spiritual truth. So he says the, the builders rejected, despised, or discarded the stone that God selected. When you dig to this, this is more like it's saying the masons rejected God's stone as flawed. And so literally what this means is the Jews rejected the Lord Jesus. But just because they rejected him, it didn't stop God's plan. So let's read it here. 
the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now again, this was God's design. This was God's plan through the Lord Jesus. So he's now the chief cornerstone and this has holed up the house of God. This holds up the very structure of the house of God, of the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Now you're gonna see this several times this morning, this, this same terminology. Verse 23, this was the Lord's doing. Now when it says this was the Lord's doing, this, this building, this cornerstone was God's design. And it says here, it is marvelous in our eyes because God is gonna turn every bit of this around for his good. Verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, why would they say that? Verse 25, save now, I pray, O Lord. So what is going on here? This was their prayer at this feast. Save now, O Lord, I pray. So their prayer was save now, which the word save now is the Hebrew word for Hosanna. So get the picture here. They're all descending upon this feast, and all of a sudden they're saying, save now, Hosanna, 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 over and over. This was what their prayer was, salvation now, O God, save now. And they would say that this entire feast, this would be echoing through the streets of Jerusalem, save now. And then they go on to say, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity, send now victory. Bring us the breakthrough victory. Verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. We have blessed you from God's house. So when you see all this taking place right here, Hosanna Day is no longer about a day. And it's no longer about a feast. It's about the Lord Jesus, Yeshua is what this is all about. And so these become the fulfillments. Now, to understand this more in depth, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and oh boy, this starts getting good. So when we get to the book of Acts chapter 4, I'm going to paraphrase just real briefly so you can get an understanding of what's going on. In Acts 3, Peter and John went up the temple to pray. And it says there was a lame man who was begging alms. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So we get to Acts 4. Because this man was healed by the name of Jesus, the Jews are mad at him. So Peter and John have now been arrested. That's what's going on right here. And they're getting ready to go before this Jewish council. So we're in Acts 4 verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, the elders, the scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Cephas, John, and Alexander, and as many were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst and they asked by what power or what means have you done this? So they're, they're looking at Peter and John. And they're saying, how did this take place? What, what happened here? Verse 8. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. I want you to highlight something. Have you got your Bible? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. It didn't say, and then Peter, and it goes on. It specifically said, then Peter, who was filled with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the ministry that Peter was fulfilling was through the Holy Spirit. And isn't it interesting that the Lord Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit? That's Acts 10, 38. And then all the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit was what Jesus needed and the disciples were what, or the disciples also needed the Holy Spirit, I think it's big for me and you to understand the Holy Spirit. Even to this day. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 9, he goes on to say, If we this day were judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? And so Peter here is saying, in regards of the acts of the healing of this lame man, do you really want to know the cause of how he was healed? He's, he's looking at all these, the, these religious leaders and he says, hey, hey, fellas, do you really want to know how he was healed? Verse 9. If we this day were judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all, every one of you, and to the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And so this boldness comes on Peter. And if you'll notice something in here, Peter is unapologetic about what God did. He's actually excited about what God did. And I mean, he does not back off with the truth to him. Verse 11, now watch this. This is the stone was rejected by you builders. Now here it is again. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders. If you want a cross-reference, it'll take you back to Psalm 118, verse 22. One of the earliest fulfillments of a messianic prophecy again. So he said, this stone which re you rejected, you builders, you, you builders of Israel, you rejected the Lord and Savior Jesus, which has become the chief cornerstone. So even though re you rejected him, you couldn't stop God's plan. You couldn't stop the plan of salvation. Couldn't do it. Now listen to this real close here, verse 12. Nor, there is, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's interesting, his wording right here. Denotes a, an actual distinction. An all-inclusive, uh, where there's no other options. There's no other choices. Jesus is the one. He's the only one. 
Now, when he said there is no other name by which men can be saved, but at the name of Jesus, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. And, and I know there's people in our society that they get mad about that statement. And that's okay. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest, and neither are you either. This, this is a biblical truth. Now, think about this. There is no other name by which men can be saved but at the name of Jesus. So if you want to spend eternity in heaven, we better pay attention right here. And, and when we don't receive Jesus as Lord of our lives, we're no different than the builders that rejected him. This is what this is talking about. So we see this begins to go through the, the, the New Testament over and over and over again. And Jesus himself makes the same implication in Mark 12 that he's the builder, that the, or he's the, the stone the builders rejected. You see this over and over in the New Testament. Now to help us a little bit with this, go to the book of Revelations chapter 7. Revelations chapter 7. So over 40 years ago, when it talks about salvation, one translation says it, it causes us to be spiritually healthy. The only way you can be spiritually healthy is through the Lord Jesus. So you know what that means? Every one of us are sick. Every one of us are in here. Every one of us in here need to become healthy spiritually. And that only takes place through Jesus. Now, the reason I'm highlighting that is because you got to come back next week to get the second part of this spiritual health. Now, we're going to tie that into Easter Sunday. So be sure, bring your family members and keep praying for your loved ones on those boards, okay? Don't quit praying here. So every one of us in here we're spiritually sick without Jesus. So 40 years ago plus in my life, I'm spiritually sick. I, I needed a physician named Jesus. And I remember the day I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But it may be similar to you. There were days in my life that I would say, there's no way Jesus could save somebody like me. That's what he died for is our sins. I don't care the mistakes you've made, the bad choices you've made. Jesus loves you. And sometimes even as human beings, we have this thought right here. Well, I'll come to Jesus when I get all my stuff together. Well, that's the problem. You'll never get all your stuff together because you weren't created to do that. Jesus was. So when you give your heart to Jesus, you're no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer a slave to sin. So you have a a place in heaven. The Bible says that your name is now registered in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is now registered in heaven. So we go to the book of Revelations chapter 7. Now I want you to see this real clearly today, okay? And I pray this comes alive to you. Verse 9. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude. Huh. Kind of sounds like the wording on the feast of Passover. Remember? 
there was a great multitude. But let, let, let the Bible go ahead and find something else to us. And after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. And you know what that means? That's a lot of folk. When you can't number them, that, that would be farther than me and you's eyes could even see. I mean, even this flat land that we live in, as far as your eyes could see, you couldn't number them. That's a lot of people. Now, what's going on here is this has given me and you a, a description of this incredible worship service that's going on in heaven. And so this worship service that's going on in heaven, there are so many people there you can't even number. Now keep reading with me. Of all nations, of all tribes, of all peoples, and all tongues. And so he's saying nationalities, tribes, races, and languages. You know what that tells me? There are going to be a lot of folk in heaven. And not only is there going to be a lot of folk in heaven, there's going to be a lot of different colors in heaven. Because our God is a God of variety. And God created every one of us the same. Now here's your little God thought this morning. So if in heaven, it's going to be made up of every nation, of every tribe, and every tongue, don't you think we are to start practicing heaven right here on earth? Boy, Pastor, that's a novel idea. I'm telling you, it's what heaven's going to be made up of. So we see something right here. The makeup of heaven. The worship service. Now keep going with me. Of all these nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, and they're standing. They're standing. They're not sitting. They're standing. And you know why I think they're standing? Because they're standing with a standing ovation. They're like, they're, they are applauding. And who are they applauding? Keep reading with me. They're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. This is what heaven's going to look like. And there, there's the, the throne of grace, Father God on the throne, and unto the Lamb, the Lord Jesus. And we're standing before the Father and the Son. Now watch this, watch this, oh, this is good. And they're clothed with white robes. The attire and the wardrobe of heaven is everybody's going to have a white robe. Now I don't know if the white robe is is Versace, Michael Coeur. I, I don't know. I can just tell you it's going to be the finest thread you've ever had. But everybody in heaven's going to have a white robe. And, and you may ask, well, why would we all be in white robes? Well, in, in this same chapter in verse 14, it says, and they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Our robes will be white because the blood of Jesus removed the stain of sin on everybody's robe. Everybody. Woo, we're all going to be decked out in white robes. Now look what he goes on to say. 
and with palm branches in their hands. It's amazing. These palm branches make heaven. And so by applying the palm branches in our hands, we are talking about the fulfillment of what Jesus did, that he saved us all. So I want you to think, we're going to be decked out in our, our, our robes, our white robes, and we're going to have these palm branches. And so the worship in heaven is not just our mouth, but it's even in our hands. It's what's been going on. Well, Pastor, I don't want to do that. Well, you're not going to like heaven then. I got to keep my branches here, okay? And watch, watch what goes on here. And it says, they're crying out with a loud voice. Heaven's loud. You think our sound's loud in here? It's nothing compared to heaven. So get the picture. We're decked in our white robes. We got palm, and we're not quiet. We're loud. And look what it goes on to say. And they're crying out with a loud voice saying, listen, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. So you see the fulfillment. Do you know what they're saying? To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, be blessing and glory and power and honor forever. And so he goes on and he says this in verse 12. Or, or verse 11, he says, And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders, the four living and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, now watch what they're saying. Amen. You know what amen means? So be it. So he starts with so be it. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So be it. So he starts with so be it and he ends with so be it. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be blessing and glory and power forever. So they got all their, their robes. We're all decked out waving our, our, our palms before him. Verse 15. Therefore they are before the throne room of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is the Lord Jesus, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know what that means? There's no more pain in heaven. There's no more hunger in heaven. There's no more being cold in heaven. There's no more crying in heaven. And it even said here that the Lord Jesus will lead them to living fountains of water. You know what that means? Jesus wants me and you to be spiritually hydrated. He just wants to keep filling us up. Day by day by day. Now here's the question to you and me. We know that in heaven... Everybody's there is going to be decked out in a white robe with palm branches in their hands. Let me ask you something. Will you be there? 
Will you be there? See, the Bible says specifically that God doesn't desire that any that will perish. There's going to be people that will perish. Everybody doesn't make it, okay? And the ones don't make it are the ones who rejected the build. The builders rejected the chief cornerstone. So you get to choose that. And it's like the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3. He said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. And he said, how can I enter my mother's womb a second time? And he said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Turn with me to one passage left. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. You're going to carry those palm branches around? Yep, I may sleep with them tonight. Verse 16, Romans 1, 16. Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul wasn't ashamed to speak out about the gospel because he knew it had power to bring salvation. Let me ask you something right now. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed to be identified with the name of Jesus? Listen to what the scriptures go on to say. For it, the power of the gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So you know what God just said right there through the scriptures? It's your choice. God doesn't force us. When I gave my heart to Jesus, he didn't get me in a headlock and say, you're going to submit today, boy. No, I, I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was sick. And I knew at a place in my life that there had to be more than how I was living. And so for 40 plus years of my life, I've never turned back. I'm not perfect. I still sin. But I'm faithful to the Lord Jesus. I'm in. What about you? For God so loved the world. So when we think about this day called Palm Sunday, this is what this signifies. And so this week that leads up to the Easter weekend, Jesus knew what that meant for him. He knew that one of his disciples, a guy named Judas, would betray him. He knew he would eat the Lord's Supper with his disciples one last time. He knew he would be turned over to the Roman authorities, flogged, beaten. And he also knew on this day called Good Friday, he would be crucified. Everything points to the cross. Everything. Without Jesus going to the cross, the resurrection doesn't happen. The reason I highlight this week, because every day this week leading up to the crucifixion, I want this to be on our hearts. 
See, Jesus is a little bit different in us in the area of death. I know there'll be a day I die unless Jesus comes back first. I just don't know when and I don't know how. Do you know in Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon wrote, there's a time to be born and a time to die. But the Lord Jesus, he knew when he was going to die and he knew how he was going to die. And you know what he said? I'm all in, Father God. I'm all in. If the only way that humanity can stay from being eternally damned, and that's damnation, okay, I'm not cussing, is we got to have a Savior. Which Jesus said, I'll do. Over 2,000 years ago, man died for you don't you know he wants to love you but we say no why don't you stand up here with me this morning Palm Sunday wow save now oh God save now prosper now oh God prosper now I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at I'm going to ask you to open up the the filing cabinet of your heart. Sometimes it's like we have an imaginary key to our heart and we've locked it. And we say, I'm not going to let anybody in there. But I believe today the Lord Jesus is, he's tugging on our heart, asking you to open it. And today, if you're standing here before me, you're watching on live stream. If you don't know that you'll be one of those that has a white robe. And you don't know if you'll be one of those standing there with the palm branches in their hand. I believe you can know today. Why do I say that? Because of the authoritative word of the, the Bible, the scriptures. And so if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life or you're here today and you've, you've strayed away from the Lord, you, you haven't been loyal, you haven't been an all-in Christian. I just welcome you right now. Just, just get out of your seat and say, that's me. And just come down here because God wants to do something within us today. So I welcome you. I'm not going to beg you. But what a day to give your heart to Jesus. To say, man, on Palm Sunday of 2023, Jesus came into my life. Here's the last opportunity I'm going to give today. If you hadn't had a passion to serve Jesus, if you hadn't had a passion to worship Jesus, if you hadn't had a passion to get loud, if, if you hadn't had a passion to say, you know what, I, I really don't care what people think. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to serve you, Lord Jesus. I, I welcome you to come down here, whether to be saved, whether to say, I'm, I'm going to have a change in my heart today. 
And you can actually come down here and grab some of these if you want. And you can come down here and wave because we might as well practice because that's what we're going to be doing in heaven. So are you coming to get born again? Wow. Or any of you others coming down here to give your heart to Jesus today. Is that what you're here? You know, it's almost like I, I see that when a person, you know, the Bible's very clear that when per, a person gives their heart to Jesus, it says that heaven, the angels go crazy. I, I wonder if the angels don't have this. You know, you just think about it. Salvation's victory. And it's almost like we wave these on and say, victory now. And we say to the devil, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, it's victories now. You, you ones that are down here, I, I want you to say this with your heart, from your heart, okay? And everybody in here, you can join with us, okay? You feel comfortable just raising your hands to heaven in an act of surrender and an act to say, I'm looking to you, Father God. Now say this from your heart with me, okay? Come on, come on, there's another. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you on this Palm Sunday. Father God, I'm sick. I'm spiritually sick. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be Lord of my life. And today, I ask you to wash my robe in the blood of the Lamb. I thank you today for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you that I'm new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you that all things have passed away. Thank you that all things have become new in you, Christ Jesus. Thank you I'm saved. Come on, come on. Woohoo! Save now, save now, save now. They're going to play. Come on, come on. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.